welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast, where we bridge the gap between theory and practice with strategies, tools, and ideas we can all use immediately applied to the most current brain research to heighten productivity in our schools, sports environments, and modern workplaces. I'm Andrea Samadhi and launched this podcast to share how important an understanding of our brain is for our everyday life and results. For this week's Brain Fact Friday and episode 257, I want to cover Frederica Fabricius's new book, The Brain-Friendly Workplace, Why Talented People Quit and How to Get Them to Stay, as I've been reading her book, preparing for our interview Friday morning and our next episode, and I know I won't be able to cover everything in one interview. This book is beyond comprehensive and has enough science within it to cover our Brain Fact Fridays for the rest of this year. Frederica has been carefully writing this book since our last interview, which was episode 27, way back in 2019, when we first launched this podcast. And there were many aha moments and connections I'll highlight on our next episode when we speak with her. But for today's Brain Fact Friday, I want to cover something important that her book taught me. It's the title of her book, The Brain-Friendly Workplace, that explains what we all need to be happy at work. My goal with this episode is to share Frederica's science-backed brain discovery of the neurosignature that she introduces in the introduction of her book and how we can all use it to increase our awareness or the meaning we create throughout our day and add a sense of autonomy with our work. Then I'll share an example that shows how her discovery of the neurosignature will highlight what we all need to be successful and happy in the modern workplace with our brain in mind. And it's not about changing the people with more training, but it's about changing the workplace. With this paradigm shift in mind, I'll get straight to the point here. For this week's Brain Fact Friday, Did you know that we all have our own neurosignature, a unique mix of four brain chemicals that strongly affects our personality and how we process stress and information? Once we understand our unique neurosignature, we can learn how to hit our optimal stress point and manipulate our fun, fear, and focus, which is the recipe for reaching peak performance in the workplace. In this place of peak performance, Ideas will flow. You'll feel energized, inspired, and alive. You'll also gain a valuable framework for understanding colleagues and those you interact with with their different neurosignatures. You'll get more done in less time, and you'll see why changing the workplace is needed over expecting employees to change with more training. Understanding our unique neurosignature is a technique that provides a competitive advantage, allowing you to work with the flow rather than against it. This is the whole premise of Frederica Fabricius's new book, The Brain-Friendly Workplace, where she created a new vision for the future of our modern workplaces. So what are the four neurosignatures? Frederica says there are four brain systems that we can fall into. See if you can recognize yourself, or others you work with, or maybe those that you live with. The first is the dopamine neurosignature. 
Frederica says that people high in dopamine are curious, energetic, and future-oriented. Inventors and entrepreneurs tend to have this neurosignature. They get bored easily, and they're always looking for the next new and exciting project. This one feels a bit like me as the host of this podcast, thriving with the creation of each episode. Then there's two, the testosterone neurosignature. People high in testosterone are tough-minded, direct, and they enjoy wielding power. They tend to be analytical and use systems thinking, which involves moving logically from one step to the next to solve a problem based on systems rules. They enjoy tinkering with systems like car engines or computers. And this signature describes my husband to a T, and we often joke around about his quality of being direct. I call it something else, starting with the letter A, but I mean it as a compliment, as I do find direct people to be refreshing as they rarely waste time, which is a pet peeve of mine. Then third, there's the estrogen-oxytocin neurosignature. People high in estrogen are empathetic and good at building personal connections and community. Estrogen increases the secretion of oxytocin, which enhances feelings of bonding and trust. People with this neural signature excel at nonlinear, lateral thinking, which involves examining a problem from multiple angles until insights emerge. Lateral thinkers are also good at envisioning long-term implications of a decision. I'm thinking this also seems like me, as I know I've been told I think this way, and there's also this highly intuitive side to me that I tap into as I'm creating these episodes with the goal of helping others wherever you might be listening to this episode in the world. Are you also noticing that you're showing up in more than one signature as well? Well, psychologist Scott Barry Kaufman, who wrote the foreword of the brain-friendly workplace, reminds us that neural signatures are fluid and they should serve as a guideline or as a helpful framework in understanding people rather than as categories and boxes to classify people. And he shared how his testosterone neural signature is very high in the morning, but by evening, it's almost non-existent. So as you're thinking of what neurosignature you are, take note to how it might be different throughout your day. And fourth is the serotonin neurosignature. In the final brain system, Frederica says that people high in serotonin are reliable, detail-oriented, cautious, and loyal. They thrive on routine and structure and enjoy consistency and stability. So what's your neurosignature? Where do you fit in? While I recognize myself with a dopamine neurosignature, I could also see that I fit into the estrogen-oxytocin signature. While I admire those who naturally possess the testosterone signature, I would probably try to rock the boat with those with a serotonin neurosignature who are tradition-oriented and cautious, hoping they'll lean in a bit to some of my crazy adventurous ideas. So how does this translate into your workplace for increased happiness and success? It's always easy to look back connecting the dots backwards, like Steve Jobs reminds us, but if you were to ask me what corporate environment I enjoyed the most over my career, or when I had the most fun with my work, excluding my time working in the motivational speaking industry, I would hands down say it was when I was operating from the dopamine neurosignature and had fun, was creative, had complete autonomy with my day, 
was curious, which led to increased self-motivation and high productivity on my end. So what job was I doing and where was I working with this neural signature? I was the happiest when I was a field sales rep working with Pearson Education, and I covered the southwest region of the country, selling books and software to higher ed, so college and university campuses and K-12 schools, and it was within the five states surrounding Arizona. Work felt like play to me back then. This job hit all the requirements of my dopamine neural signature, But the only problem was that it required me to be on the road most of the days of the week. So when I wanted to start a family, I had to leave this brain-friendly field sales position and go to inside sales to stay with the company. It's easy to see it all looking back, but I'll never forget the manager who looked me straight in the eye and said, this is a huge mistake for you. I'm guessing he didn't need to know my neural signature to see that I'd learned to understand what he meant a few years later when it all sunk in. I noticed the discord when I no longer had the chance to use my creativity or curiosity in my day, working in this cubicle that felt sort of like a prison when I was used to the open space of driving on endless open roads, navigating campuses to find my customers' offices, to suddenly sitting in a small space with just a phone and a computer. My neural signature went haywire. I wouldn't have said it was the easiest transition until I figured out how to bring fun and creativity to an office space when our sales team started to go to the gym at lunchtime, breaking us out of our offices and activating all our brains midday. I'd say this revised work environment was the second most enjoyable corporate environment I've ever experienced. Like Frederica said, change the workplace, not the people. Our sales team was highly productive and creative with this autonomy, and we were all so very happy. I put a picture of our sales team from 2006 in the show notes, and all of us had different neural signatures. Some of us were dopamine-driven, enjoying the break away from our desks, Others were serotonin-driven, requesting to go dancing after work, and others testosterone-driven. They were just there for the moment, and they were planning to take over the world or look for that next open position in management or leadership. But we all worked together towards a common goal, helping each other to manage our optimal levels of stress. And even without knowing each other's neural signatures, we knew what each of us needed to be happy and successful. But what happens if you don't have this type of synergy in your workplace? The crazy thing that happened to this sales team is that our workplace changed about two years after this photo was taken. Our company boasted of these huge offices that we would all have moving from Scottsdale, right next to the base of Camelback Mountain, where we all often hiked together, to Chandler, where back then was known for their dairy farms and the wonderful scent you could catch in the air if you drove your car past one of these farms with your car window open. Our offices moved and we all lost our synergy. The workplace changed, but not for the better. Management thought replacing our cozy cubicles that looked out to Scottsdale Road in the mountains nearby with a more corporate location that you can see from the highway now if you ever visit Arizona, Pearson Education still exists on the 101 near Ray Road, but the culture that was created in those Scottsdale offices never made it there. The people were the same, but the workplace changed for the worse, taking the culture we'd built with it. 
I remember using my creative mind in our new offices, trying to change the energy in this location, and I presented many forward-thinking ideas that were never well-received from the testosterone-led management team. Even the managers who made the old location a success tried to change the culture, but something had changed with this new location that would never be captured again. But there is a solution to this problem, and Frederica captures it in her new book. So to review this week's Brain Fact Friday on Frederica Fabricius's new book, The Brain-Friendly Workplace, Why Talented People Quit and How to Get Them to Stay, did you know that we all have our own neurosignature, a unique mix of four brain chemicals that strongly affects our personality and how we process stress and information? Once we understand our unique neural signature, we can learn how to hit our optimal stress point and manipulate our fun, fear, and focus, which is the recipe for reaching peak performance in the workplace. So how do we use our neural signature to optimize productivity and happiness in our workplace? The first step to creating a brain-friendly workplace is to recognize your own neural signature as well as those you work with to optimize what each person on your team needs to reach those levels of peak performance with their work. I highly suggest reading the entire book, The Brain-Friendly Workplace, as I've only scratched the surface of this topic. And be sure to listen to our next episode where Frederica will dive deeper into her book with me. The next step is to remember it's about changing the workplace, not the people with more training. Think of ways that the workplace can be changed, replacing old, outdated ways of thinking, like how many hours have you got to sit at your desk, with the outcomes you expect employees to achieve. Remember my example of our sales team that left the office every day at lunch to exercise, increasing our productivity, happiness, and loyalty to the company. And finally, remember, when were you the happiest at your work? It took me some time to think back to all the workplaces I've ever worked in, but the ones where I was the happiest were easy to remember. Through trial and error, I now know that I perform best working at a desk if I'm able to exercise before I have to sit for long periods of time. How do you perform best? How do those you work with perform best? How can you use this neural signature to improve your workplace productivity and happiness? And I'll leave you with those questions, and I'll see you in our next episode with Frederica Fabricius as we dive into her book, The Brain-Friendly Workplace. See you next week. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episode. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 